Well, are we live? Not yet. <laughs> Waiting to see. Where is that arcade wayfinding? Need to call their tech support. Right? Well, tech support was just still learning to live stream. Uh, I, think, I think your uh, conjugation, your tense is wrong there. Learning to live stream? Still learning? Still learning. <laughs> Am learning. Okay. It says still waiting. I know that there's usually a delay. Three waiting. I might be on here twice. Um, see what I Four see. waiting. Three waiting. Hey! <laughs> I'd like to see you make this happen at all. Well, you don't even have live streaming powers. <laughs> I do. You're just a vector. Your live streaming powers are just. Why is it not? See, it's showing it. Is there a different link? Here. Enable auto start. Looks like. Oh, here. Here. Click here to start streaming. Oh. So there was a button inside of YouTube that I had to click in addition to starting everything oh. else up. But it looks like we're live now. Are we live? I don't know. I don't see anything yet. I'm showing we're live for five seconds now. All right. Well, I'm ready. I'm ready to join us, but I feel like I'm time traveling a little bit. So can you see a stream on the YouTube channel I now? I can. I can. But you can see us of the past. Yes. Okay. Just slightly. Well, so that was Jason's fault. This is like space balls. So next time you're going to need to find the button in YouTube to start us on time. It's true. Look, I'm learning. <laughs> the last time I didn't use YouTube, I used a different thing to, to stream. Oh, so man. this is my first YouTube stream. Well, and look how it's going. Just fine is how it's going. <laughs> you ready to do this? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, ready? Yeah, so it's Friday. It is. And here we are. Here we are. Let's go. Welcome to The Critical Path with Mary and Jason, a podcast about business development, company culture, and loving the place you work just a little bit more. Just a little bit. A little bit. This is episode 64, which is coincidentally our computer programmer son's favorite number. Oh, it is. It has to do with Minecraft stack limit or something. Uh, anyway, so this episode is called Unleashing Your Superpower. And so this is a topic that we talk a lot about. We're not talking about Marvel uh, versus DC. We could be. We could. That's different. That's a different That's episode. Different. Well, I mean, you know, let's see where it goes. But we're talking about unleashing your superpower. Mm -hmm. And uh, the idea here is there are places and times where we're doing our work, we're doing our job. Um, and and we feel like we're just pulling fire out of the sky. And so that's what we're talking about here today. So before we even get into the topic, what housekeeping do we have? We have a whole boatload of stuff going on. Yeah, what do we have going on? Well, Other than live streaming, and we're gonna be trying to live stream Builder Chat. That's what this is practice for. Yeah, so on uh, Tuesday, coming up next Tuesday, mm. the 18th, we have our live streaming podcast event with Trevor Lund from GLY. So check that out. It's gonna be exciting. Really cool. Yeah. We're going to be taking questions about tech. Not just cool, though, because we're not supposed to look at just the cool factor of nope. tech. We have nope. to look at the value proposition as well. Yep, yep. So it's value versus cool. Value versus cool. Yeah. Uh, and then next Thursday, we're going to be running Builder Chat uh, with Kavi uh, Kavri Lerman-Schmidt, 
of Hensel Phelps talking about suicide awareness and prevention uh, through Builder Chat. And so we're going to be, you can either join live and participate through ABC, or if you just want to be a spectator and, and share in the conversation, mm -hmm. uh, listen in on what's going on, you can check out the live stream for that. And if you chat and you feel like you don't get addressed quickly enough, that's on Jason because Jason's on chat duty. Because I have to turn around like this to see the chat window. <laughs> Anyway, we need to get some more tech support. <laughs> okay, so today's topic, we're talking about unleashing your superpower. And the whole idea behind that is that uh, we have a, a philosophy that is everyone is built to do something. And, and that concept uh, where, where it originally came to me, where I originally discovered it, was from uh, Alistair Crowley, uh, which if we have any Ozzy Osbourne fans out there, I mean... I picture like seven-year-old me listening say, to like you, at the moon. Little you with Ozzy Osbourne and Metallica like from, all the time. From BMG Record Service. <laughs> uh, anyway, so... Did you ever pay for any of those records? Yes. That was that was the rip-off part because, because I had to pay my brother the money. Oh, that's right. And he and then took he kept the money. The he made me basically pay for his membership. Mm -hmm. And so he like snaked out and got all of the free records. That's little brother syndrome for you. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, Alistair Crowley, he was he was a problematic in a number of different ways, but he had one concept that always really stuck with me. And, and Crowley lived like uh, what late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds in that window, and his philosophy was that everything has a will. He was kind of the original Harry Potter, if you think about it. A little it. bit, a little bit. <laughs> Uh, there's some Harry Potter-ness going on there. <laughs> but everything has a will. Uh, every, every object, every person, every animal, everyone has, has a will. And, and what he meant by that, you know, is because we talk about it all the time, is that the, the will is not something uh, that is basically your, your choice. A will is something that you were built to do. Well, and you hear about the the Wiccan Reed, mm -hmm. it's the witchcraft with the fourteen year olds who wear too much eyeliner and, oh, yeah. and cast spells. Pseudo goth. Mm -hmm. yeah. They all join the Wiccan the Wiccan faith, and that's the idea is if it harm none, mm -hmm. do what you will. Mm -hmm. And there's a misunderstanding that the idea there is do whatever you want as okay. long as you don't hurt anyone, and yes. that's not a great way to live your life. Not so much. But the truth is, what was meant by do what you will was a little different than whatever you want. Right. And so the idea of will, it's, it's best explained if you think about a hammer. So a hammer's will is to drive a nail. You can use it for a lot of different purposes. You could mix a cocktail with a hammer. <laughs> uh, you could put on makeup with a hammer. But all of those things aren't what that hammer was was made for and, and it's not even just crafted for but kind of like its spirit its soul was meant to do with it I feel like if you could put on your makeup with a hammer and like go out to like the punk clubs like that seems but, like it would be a look but you see that hammer would probably be different like, <laughs> you would need a special hammer yeah, right. whose will was to put that's on right. punk rock makeup it's sort of like uh, uh, there are many uh, what was it there are um, many stabs but this one is mine this one is yeah right <laughs> anyway so uh we, we use that concept of your will because a lot of the times the world and work is so noisy that we, we kind of get confused and we get overwhelmed with all the stuff that we're supposed to be doing uh, in our job and in our life and what have you. Um, and, and we work with folks all the time and talk with people who are high performers and they perform at that, at that excellent level, but eventually what they find themselves doing is because they're good at a lot of things, 
they spend most of their time doing the things that they're that they're good at instead of doing the things that they're great at. So this is like if you hire a millennial in who's like fantastic at graphic design right. and you hire them in to do your marketing and then they end up spending 80% of their time making everyone's computers work mm -hmm. because no one else can get the computers to work and they always call on this young person and mm -hmm. say, hey, fix my computer. Yeah. And they're not spending their time doing the graphic design that they're so good at. Or running the espresso machine or, you know, some menial task that we just assigned for those young people, fixing my cell phone. And, <laughs> and, and then it comes down to the idea that uh, as time goes by, more and more of your time gets sort of taken away and it, it's sort of pulled away from you just by obligation. And before you know it, you spend almost no time working on the things that are your will. And, and those are the things that when you're, when you're carrying out your will, it feels like you're pulling fire from the sky. It feels like these are your gifts. These are the things that make you happy, get you up in the morning, uh, make you want to, to do it again tomorrow. And these things are also the pieces that tend to make you super profitable. Mm -hmm. But we kind of relegate ourselves to doing all of these mediocre things or things that we're mediocre at and I think that's an important part too, yep. is that I may be just kind of middling at something. Mm -hmm. I don't enjoy it. Every time I do it, I kind of hate my life a little bit, mm -hmm. like mowing the lawn, and we're gonna to get to that story. But, <laughs> uh, but there are people who that is their will. That is, that is the thing that they were meant to do. So um, I think that it, it's not about good or better. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not about being better than anybody else. The idea is that everybody is built to do something different. Yep. Well, and people will say, oh, well, if we all just did what we most wanted to do, then mm -hmm. nobody would be garbage men or janitors. Right. And I had a janitor in my elementary school, mm -hmm. and that was his will. Yeah. That was his building. And, you know, yeah, he did clean up vomit and pick up garbage, but he also had a little garden and he would show all the kids how the garden worked. He's the one who gave me that set of space books because mm -hmm. he said they were too hard for him to read and right. he gave them to me. Or what about the, the Seattle bus driver that Cadence tells stories oh, about? Oh yeah, she bought it. She, she would buy him popsicles mm -hmm. and bring them to him because he had a sign that said something like smile because mm -hmm. life is great. Well, and he's like singing all the time or, you know, just really loving the, the thing that he's doing that we felt like at that moment he's mm -hmm. meant for. We had a good friend who really loved being a bus driver. Oh yeah, he was called hardcore bus driver. <laughs> that was that was what he was referred to as because he just man that guy loved driving and loved well, driving buses and he loved hardcore music yeah. and he would play his hardcore music <laughs> on a little uh, jam box at the front of the bus every day and it was a college town and the college kids loved him. So when we kind of translate this concept into business, what we see a lot of, this happens pretty commonly, is that you have a person in, in a company, maybe they're the owner, maybe they started the business, and they end up wearing four or five hats. They end up wearing uh, executive, they end up wearing project manager, they end up wearing uh, parts manager, mm -hmm. uh, and they end up you know taking care of sales. and what ends up happening is that they start to get pushed into leadership roles or executive roles, and many times they don't really want to have anything to do with that role. Mm -hmm. They do it's it because- It's not their will. They, right, it's not their will. They do it because someone has to do it. And then we spend all of our time working on those things that, that kind of pull us down instead of lifting us up. Uh, and we, we spend that time 
doing just kind of a, a halfway job, it doesn't generate money for the company that way. And I had a recent conversation where I were working with a guy and he is just a killer salesman. He, he can sell anything to anybody, but the problem is that he gets to spend so little time doing it. Yeah. And if he could spend 100% of his time on sales, because that is his will, uh, my conjecture is that he could sell 10 times as much mm-hmm. as he sells right now. And that means that the company could have 10 times the revenue Yep. if he were in that role. So if you think about what you can do inside of a company mm-hmm. where you've increased revenue 10 times. Yeah, well, and the stand says, well, I can't spend the time in sales because I'm needed elsewhere. But mm-hmm. if you had 10 times the revenue, you could hire enough people to do all the stuff you're needed elsewhere to do. Yeah. And I think that the bigger cost there is that uh, you end up not really being your full self because mm-hmm. you're not doing the things that charge you up. You're only doing the things that have to be done. Yep. I understand things have to be done. I get it. Um, but I think we, we use an analogy called the pain point. And with the pain point, that comes into play most often with, with compensation, with pay. Mm-hmm. And the, the meaning of the pain point is the idea that uh, everybody requires a certain amount of money in order to to stay out of fear so this and and we were there right when we were young uh if you're worried about whether or not your your car is going to be repossessed if your power is going to get shut off uh, if your your kids have enough food if you're worried about any of those things then you're still in the pain point. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is that until you get out of the pain point, you will never fully be present at work. Because you're always worried about what's going to happen next, about whether everything's going to be okay. Right. So the, the challenge there is that from an employer standpoint, it's important that you do whatever you can to get your people out of the pain point. Mm-hmm. You have to help them understand what it is and understand what it is yourself. Get them out of their pain point so that they can actually be fully present and and use their gifts to the best ability. Yep, absolutely. So that kind of comes into play into this conversation with the pain point is that what ends up happening commonly is that we're spending so much time on all of those tasks that drag us down and cost us and drain us and the all of the tasks that we wake up for all of the tasks that we look forward to we don't get to do them yep so we're kind of always then underwater always then in the pain point in the pain point yeah right and it's it's really difficult to claw your way out but the first step is just kind of taking a stock of where are you at and so we recommend that everybody does this from time to time periodically and we'll do exercises similar to this when folks are contemplating taking on a new job mm-hmm. uh, or making some sort of significant shift or if they've just kind of hit a rut and and or a dead end and they feel like whatever's happening now it isn't working yep so the the exercise that we have folks run through is we have everybody jot down what are all of the major activities that you're responsible for over the course of a given week. And so you could start with work activities. That's kind Mm -hmm. of an easy place. And you jot down all of the the report writing or sales or documentation. Editing the podcasts, all the places (laughs) where Jason messed it up. Running the live stream. Running the live stream and finding the button on YouTube you have to push to make it go live. Right. Uh, Having sales meetings. 
uh, having having performance reviews, having uh, performance, performance improvement, improvement plans. plans. Um, what are what are all of the tasks that you have over a given week? And when we run through that exercise, it usually the first reaction to that is you kind of sit back and look at it and say, "Wow, I we I kind of do a lot of stuff." Yep. There's kind of a lot on my plate. And if you haven't really hit that point yet, you probably should think a little bit harder because chances are you do more than mm-hmm. than what is at the front of your brain. And if you really don't do enough that you're like, wow, then enjoy it right. because it probably won't last. So then uh, the next step is basically running through that list and you want to do it kind of quickly. You don't want to overthink some of this stuff. Uh, perfect is the enemy of good. So we want to run through that list of all of the different tasks that you're responsible for, and you just rank them. So let's use an arbitrary scale of one to 10. Mm -hmm. And one is a task that drains you, that kind of pulls away from you, it costs you. Monthly accounting. Oh gosh. (laughs) Yeah, like it'd be like a negative 10 for me. (laughs) Uh, But one through 10, you, you find where's the low spot, and then mm-hmm. where's the high spot? And so the high spot would be a 10. And these are things that you do when you do, uh, you're excited, it feels it feels invigorating, it feels mm-hmm. like, like uh, jumping in cool water when it's hot outside. Uh, so for me, it's probably like uh, when I'm developing video games mm-hmm. that uh, I don't ever get to do and literally have never done for money. Right. <laughs> Not yet. Watch Not yet. for it. Yeah, it's on the horizon. Yeah. But uh, so you try to identify and and just categorize those things. How do I feel about all of the tasks, all the responsibilities that I have? Mm -hmm. And as you go through that, you'll start to see some trends. Mm -hmm. So what's closest to a 10 for you? Man, I really like training. Mm -hmm. Uh, When we have in-person training uh, and and our foreman basic training program, I'm super jazzed about that because working with foremen and and field leaders, that's something that, that really gets me up in the morning it gets me yeah. excited and i think especially like we have some groups that just are really fun to be around and that we get to know them a little bit and we start yeah. to kind of develop that rhythm where it's not like the getting to know you it's like they're old friends when they come in yeah and uh, those groups i think when we have training with them and it's like we're having a break and you're yelling at me in the cafe because i'm too busy chatting <laughs> with everybody to want to get back to training right. like that's my happy place yeah well and and i love my one of my favorite parts about training is when you first meet people and they, uh, they're they skeptical, mm-hmm. they don't really know what to make of you because we are kind of odd birds. And, <laughs> no. Uh, oh, yeah. And they don't really know how to, how to interact. But then usually by the end of the first course, uh, first class, they start to open up a little bit. And mm-hmm. that was like Kodiak's comment, you guys are badass teachers. Uh, <laughs> Kodiak's my favorite. That kind of stuff just lights me up. And, and because I, I guess... Many times the people in those positions feel like they, uh, there is no better way. There is mm-hmm. no hope. There is no different uh, choice. Uh, and I feel like we can affect so much good change with those folks. Uh, but uh, leadership retreats are fun too. Yeah. Um, but so you go through your list of activities. You're sorting these things by what side of the scale are they on? Mm-hmm. And then what? Right? Then you kind of sit back and you look at it and you reflect. And I'm looking for trends. I'm looking mm-hmm. for uh, what types of activities are on the low end mm-hmm. and what types of activities are on the high end. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about uh, how much time do I actually spend in each category if I mm-hmm. had to kind of 
put into buckets yep. uh, where I'm spending my time. I'm not even really writing anything down right now, but just kind of thinking through that process. Um, and and I think the, the next step, kind of the action item here that, that I would ask everybody to do is for the items on the high end of your list, what step could you take to get more of this in your life? Mm-hmm. Well, I think an interesting thing that happens too is that we as people, there's this kind of feeling that if you're going to be working, then you have to be doing the hard stuff and you have to be doing the the crappy stuff. You know, we had a training session where we were playing games and everybody's making all these like huge revelations yeah. and they are about, learning about life. They are, it's, well, it's conflict management yeah. and they were learning so much. Yeah. And at the end of the session, they were like, this was really fun, but I kind of feel like, you know, we just had a bunch of fun and played a bunch of games and it feels like we were supposed to be here to work. And, you know, so, you know, that guy was kind of joking, but I think the truth is, so there's an exercise that writers will take where they'll have you take 10 books Mm -hmm. that you read that just drained you and made you feel exhausted. And then 10 books that you read that you really loved and were really fun. And then look at your writing because it's probably more like the 10 that made you exhausted because we feel like, you know, that's like for me, like Tolkien, right? Right. Like you feel like that's the art and then whatever the little fun book is, like that's just for fun. That's, I want to be the art, right? And in the same way, I think at work, we feel like we're supposed to be working on the the stuff that's heavy. And when you find your play, way to a place where you're working and you're having an amazing time, it almost feels like you're cheating. What, what was the, the quote from a, a client um, that was, all work is pain? Yep. Was that, was that all right? work is pain. All work is, work pain. is pain. And, and uh, I mean, that is one way to think about it. But the, the situation that, that we find ourselves in, when we can spend more time uh, focusing on doing the things that that get us jazzed mm-hmm. more often than not those are the things that that are our will those are the things that we were built to do mm-hmm. uh, those are the things that tend to be most profitable mm-hmm. uh, and so if you could spend all of this time focusing on doing the things that are most profitable mm-hmm. uh, and you you're, you're focusing on the things that recharge you and and get you excited about life and you minimize, take active steps by identifying action items to minimize uh, reducing the time spent on those items that take away from you. And I think that there's this, this uh, concept similar to your, your garbage men analogy or, or what have you where, well, nobody wants to do that. Well, you know what? Some people like to do just about everything in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, you took it to uh, like a personal uh, preference, uh, there is someone for everyone. Yeah. Well, you and me like spreadsheets. Yeah. And there are a lot of people who do not like spreadsheets. Yeah. There, there is someone for everyone. And the idea is that many times, and, and so this is sort of like the, um, the lawn for me. Mm-hmm. Because mowing the lawn or tending the lawn, that is my least favorite thing. It is like the zero of zeros right next to used plumbing. <laughs> nice. Right? Like working on existing plumbing is not a good it's not a high point for me. Um, it's but, not a high point for anyone in the house on days when you have to do it. Let's just put that out there. No, I, I'll tell you what. We had a plumber come out one one year. This is several years back. 
That guy loved his job. Mm-hmm. He like took the toilet off, and he was just oh, was jabbed. he the one who said turlet? Yeah, he's turlet <laughs> from like uh, New Jersey. He's from or like something. New Jersey, Boston. yeah, maybe Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to hit up uh, Bill Greenwood and see what he has to Ask say. Ask him turlet. if it's turlet or toilet, right? Yeah, uh, but no, he loved his job, mm-hmm. and I I couldn't believe it, and it was not fake. Anyway, uh, so cutting the lawn for me is something that's a low, uh, I'll call it a low joy item, <laughs> and. Um, when when I'm in that situation, like we hit the point in our career and our lives where we could just hire that out, and we just don't have to spend time mowing the lawn anymore. Uh, and if you look at the the cost of having that done, and the the emotional tax that it puts on me mm-hmm. uh, with the trade off for dollars, it does not make sense at all mm-hmm. to go do that. But there are people who could perfectly afford to to pay somebody to do it. But that's their contemplative space. That's their joy. No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about, so for some people, <laughs> it is their joy. Yes. I'm talking about the people like me. Who aren't who aren't getting it done. Who just still choose to do it. It's almost like self-flagellation yeah. or something where uh, you, you do it to almost punish yourself. Uh, because, you know, hell or high water, you're not going to pay somebody to do it. Mm-hmm. But guess what? It took like four hours to do. Yep. Uh, and if it was for exercise, there are many other things you could do that you would enjoy more mm-hmm. uh, that, that would charge you up. Um, so it's important that we look at those things in our workplace, too, to figure out what are the things that, that charge me up and what are the things that don't. Mm-hmm. So the, the last piece here in terms of uh, how to how to unleash your superpower and sort of free up your your resources is that many times uh, when we hire, we hire for a specific role. Mm -hmm. We hire for a job. Yep. uh, Project manager. Gonna hire a project manager. But we're not necessarily hiring for for gifts. We're not Mm -hmm. necessarily hiring for will. Mm-hmm. Um, and that concept doesn't even really come into play in most interviews mm-hmm. or job postings or, or trying to find somebody to fill that void. So if you're looking to shift resources around so you can sell 10 times as much, mm-hmm. if you're looking to do uh, spend more time on executing your will so that you can kind of unleash that, that superpower of yours, and, and the secret is unleash that superpower of your team mm-hmm. because the more you shift them around and fine-tune so that they're actually living in the space that charges them up yep. and you're finding folks to fill the voids who they're doing things that charge them up mm-hmm. then that is how you create teams that are unstoppable yep absolutely and i think in an interview it's a great question to say what kind of thing charges you up? Because there are questions that are kind of loaded questions, questions that people know what the answer so you like. Can. If you say something like, do you think it's important that people show up on time at work, mm-hmm. right? Then they're not going to be like, no, I just roll in at 10, right? They're <laughs> going to they're gonna be like, no, it's absolutely important. Like right. there's a right answer and a wrong answer. Yeah. Whereas when you ask a question like, what charges you up? There are so many different possible answers. Mm-hmm. You're likelier to get a true answer mm-hmm. and that can really help you to identify the right seat on the bus for that person. And and when we help onboard folks, so we help uh, identify talent or identify holes and we sort of bring those people in and act as matchmakers. And so that is kind of the the fourth dimension that we're looking at when we're trying to find a good fit Mm -hmm. uh, is cutting into uh, the quick of the person and trying to understand what their will is. Because Mm -hmm. when you understand what their will is and you understand where the, the voids are in the team, 
then you're much more likely to actually have somebody stick around. Yep. Absolutely. So that is episode 64. Holy cow, how do we make it 64? I know, right? Yeah. Unleashing your superpower. Unleashing your superpower. Yeah. So uh, we have lots of interesting stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, feel free to like, subscribe, share, uh, podcast, join us on Builder Chat. You can find us. You can find us at www.thecriticalpathpodcast.com. You can find us on LinkedIn. You can, all over LinkedIn. Lately. All over, yeah. <laughs> we talk to people who's like, you're everywhere. How are you, how are you everywhere? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's work. It's true. Yeah, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, and you can find us in West Seattle. West Seattle Island. 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 Yeah, it's been converted into an island. So. And we had Jetpack Cohort come out in person, socially distanced. Yeah. Uh, we worked really hard to make sure everyone was comfortable and safe, yeah. but it was really nice to see some people again. It was awesome. Yeah, it was great having people all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, watch for it. Watch for it. Do we have outtakes? You want, you want to riff on some live <laughs> outtakes? <laughs> Wait, so we talked about superpowers at the beginning. Yeah. So obviously if I if we're gonna have you and I are gonna have a super I thought we talked about a this. superhero Didn't titan we talk about battle. This? No, it was like some kind of tool thing or whatever, but I'm like actually Marvel and DC. Oh, right? Okay. So and you can't be Gambit, because that's old. That's your favorite <laughs> okay. and whatever. You can't okay. be Gambit. So and I won't be Wonder Woman. Wow. Yeah. So who are you gonna be? We're going to have it. And this isn't like who's your favorite or who's the most fun or who's coolest. Like if you and me are going to have like an epic battle. Oh. We're going to have an epic oh, like different. like throwing buildings around and cars flying through the air. Like, But we're both superheroes. It's like a Batman and a Superman thing, but not those two. Cause... Okay, so you're. this is the game of eliminating all of the Yeah, superheroes. let's take away everyone you might want to be. Okay. Go. Uh... Piano tuner man. That's not a Marvel I or DC superhero. Marvel or to DC. Within an inch of my life. Marvel or DC. Oh, so we're just picking like camps. No, it has to be one of those. There is no piano tuner man but you said in Marvel. Take away all or... the ones that you'd want to be. No, not really. I just no, <laughs> no. So I said no gambit just because I'm not being Wonder Woman. Just okay. because otherwise we have our favorites. We always go all back right. to. So none of those. Yeah. So then from there, and then I just said. Like, two superheroes battling, and I said, but not Superman and Batman, because, like, they already did that in the mm. movie. I'm not saying you can't be Batman, because I'm certainly not going to be Superman, so. Uh, so this is for the fight? Yes, for the fight. Who do you want to be in the fight? It's a tough one, right? Yeah. Uh, I think maybe I'm going to do Lady Thor. What about uh, uh, Plastic Man? Plastic Man. Yeah, he's like the, he's like Gumby. Uh, is that like the guy in the Fantastic Four? Yeah. Oh, who is that? I guess I think it was Plastic Man or something. I don't think it's Plastic Man. Anyway. Okay, so you're going to be the guy Here we go. in the Fantastic Four. Watch for it. I'm going to be Lady Thor. I'm going to smash you with my giant Lady Thor hammer. It's going to be epic. I'm done. <laughs> you don't want a superhero with me? I'm going to lose. Well, sure, but I mean, it's the journey, you know? <laughs> Tech support. All right. Ready? End stream. See ya.